Hi, I'm Deb Crow, and welcome to Season 2 of the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. This is a podcast where we connect, learn, and laugh together with strong leaders from all over the globe. Here, you will learn from peers you haven't even met yet. You will gain new tools to add to your leadership toolbox. Because whether you're a C-suite executive or a first-time entrepreneur, we all contend with challenges and there's always room for improvement if we choose to seek it. So please pull up a chair and listen in. This is the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. Well, I am in awe. This is the opening episode for season two of Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. And this wonderful lady was on my list of 100 people that I had a vision and a dream and a hope that when the time and the stars aligned, it would happen. So let me tell you about my guest today. Her name is Claude Silver, a name known to many. She is the first chief heart officer at VaynerMedia. What I love about Claude is Everything she stands for, whether it's her actions, her words, her thoughts, her silence, she's the real deal. And so to have her here today on our opening episode for season two, my heart is exploding with gratitude. So Claude, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Deb. Thank you for having me. I'm, uh, I'm really humbled and uh, extremely honored to be kicking off season two. Well, and, and we're going to kick it up a notch because I've been following you for five years. So I got a lot of Claudisms and I, I love Gary V and uh, we're going to get right into this. So here's my first question. You've been the chief heart officer since 2016. And I love how you coined the phrase honed your verbatim. So how have you honed your verbatim within the honey empire? That's a really great question. You know, the things that I I talk about quite a bit are always going to be around the whole human and the psychology and human behavior of who we are. And in fact, one of the things uh, someone pointed out to me a little while ago was on my LinkedIn profile. I I, I talk about the, uh, the exquisite mess I like to be in the exquisite mess of being with humans. And, and these are the things that matter to me because I don't, um, I don't, I see us all as imperfectly perfect. I don't see perfection. And in that, I, I see us all as trying to better ourselves and transform ourselves to become the best versions of ourselves. So I don't know if that answered the question so much as oh, just it does. And and you know, there's so many people out there striving to be perfect, and it's 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 never going to be a tangible reality. And it's like you said, if we move that needle one millimeter a day to be better than we were yesterday, progression doesn't get any better than that. That's right. And you know what? People are so motivated. We're all motivated by progress. So figure out what that one millimeter or two millimeters needs to look like for you to actually be able to put your head on the pillow at night and say, I did it. I did this day. I did this day well. Now, my next question is a, uh, is going to always have permanent residence on the podcast. What imperfections 
do you bring to your heart-centered leadership? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I bring my, I bring the imperfections I bring to my heart-centered leadership is that uh, I'm homegrown. I don't, uh, I don't come from an uh, MBA. I don't come from uh, a PhD. I come from street smarts and following my intuition. And that is imperfect, for sure. Um, it's subjective. I, I do my best to be very objective all day long. So I think that's the first thing is my, my homegrown, what you see is what you get-ness is mine. And I recognize that in that it is, in that it's mine, it is imperfect, which is, which is good for me, which is great. Um, so that's, I think, one thing that is, is with me every single day. Uh, that's a definite imperfect imperfection. And, you know, I deal with my own limiting beliefs. My own imposter syndrome uh, pops up every now and then. And that is, that's a beautiful thing. As, as yucky, that's the only word I have, it, as it can be, I do my best to not, to not judge it like I used to judge it and just notice it. Thank you very much for what you're giving me, the information you're giving me, and then to really center back, like, is that true? How do I know that's true? Oh, that's not true. I've built up a body of evidence that shows me that that's not true. Well, and I'll tell you what I love about that is I join you in the homegrown club. I had to quit school at 21 because my dad died. And there's a lot of merit in the street smart, the life, the work, the academic experience. We never stopped learning. And it's one of the paradigms that I have really enjoyed shifting during the, the last year of this podcast. I have interviewed people with multiple graduate degrees, multiple PhDs. And then I've also interviewed people that didn't have education and they all bring their own beautiful package, like you said, to their heart-centered leadership. And for me, it's breaking down that barrier that leadership belongs to all of us. Amen to that. So I'm, I'm in the homegrown club. High five. I'm there. I love it. Leadership belongs to all of us. The door is open. 100%. And uh, we're in the heart-centered leadership club together. And it's a really nice space to be. Yes, it absolutely is. Now, one of the the phrases you say that I love is emotions are data. Mm -hmm. And I always say that, you know, we'll never find a robot with a personality. Mm -hmm. I know we're a world of AI, but without data, we wouldn't have data if we didn't have our people. So I would love if you would share a story with us where you really, and I know this is a daily practice for you cultivated your emotional optimism with one of your coworkers because I know you work for the thousand plus people at VaynerMedia. Share with us, probably a great example would be one that you just reflected on yourself. Someone who maybe had uh, imposter syndrome, whether they were on a team or a team lead. How do you walk someone through that? Oh, I had that today. I had this morning with someone I was speaking to uh, who's just as bright as bright can be and so gifted. And if I could replicate her a thousand times, I would. I absolutely would. Uh, and she actually said out loud, she's feeling insecure about how she's um, 
handling herself with uh, with a, uh, someone that's more senior than her. I don't like to use those titles, but that's the deal. Um, and you know, I asked her to change the story that she's telling herself about herself to just change the story and try to internalize the success that she's had, not only in the agency itself, but with this person before, because, you know, what we do sometimes is we, when we start to see ourselves as less than, or that we don't belong in this situation or whatever, we then give so much power to that person or that thing without them ever knowing it, by the way. And all of a sudden, then it just shifts the dynamics from something of equal where we're both students and we're both teachers to all of a sudden subordinate or I have nothing to offer you. And the fact is, is like, this is a person that has so much to offer anyone in any company she was in in any department that she's in at Vayner. And so I just asked her to, you know, simply just change the story. Let's change the story right now. She started crying, which was really uh, touching. You know, she was touched. Um, and I think she just needed to really be reminded of that. It's very difficult to take praise in. It's very difficult for, for any of us, I think, to take in praise. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what I want to say, and it's a reminder to myself at all, like, how's that going for us when we don't do that? How's that going for us? Like, not, not that well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's, especially... and it's, like you said, it's such a simplistic question to, you know, ask ourselves, but just sharing that moment with your coworker. And, you know, we do have that inner gremlin, that self-sabotaging habit of thinking. And my, I have an Irish Nana that used to say, it's, it's there to remind us like butterflies before you walk on a stage to speak. It's to keep our ego in check. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. And this person doesn't need to keep her ego in check at all. If anything, she needs to kind of like bring, bring it out just a little bit more. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a great example. Now, share the foundation of heart-centered leadership behind Gary's hustle, heart, speed, and... I know it probably changes day by day, but what's the concrete foundation behind those three words? Well, always, always is to remove fear from the system. And, and in order to do that, it's to provide more safety, more psychological safety. And the way I go about doing that without even having to mention the term psychological safety is by holding space for people and the, allow, the allowance of someone just to show up as they are. That's all I want. And that's actually all I ask for in the workplace for sure is just show up as you are. It's, I know that I don't have to have all the answers. I'm very, I'm very well aware of that now in my life. Um, but my job, and I believe what heart-centered leadership is all about, is to hold a person, to ride alongside of a person, to be a passenger with them. Certainly not to be a sponge and to take it all in, but to really be the guide for them in those moments so that they can then unlock themselves. So, so we turn them into heroes. That's what it's all about. And so, you know, is there a relationship between hustle and heart? thousand percent. We actually don't even use the word hustle anymore. Gary doesn't really use the word hustle anymore, but, you know, the, the balance of, 
how can you be this imperfectly perfect human being with all of your warts and all of your glory and all that stuff and still you know spread your wings and get to where you need to get to within within the day within the project within the team that you're on because ultimately we're, we're a business absolutely you know, he's, but, just, he's just changed the verb from hustle to speed yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's true like speed is one of our uh, you know probably the biggest KPI that we have and speed is needed in business today it, it really is and you can get to speed if, if you are building teams that are found that have foundations around uh, psychological safety and connection belonging and trust yes like trust is the big one there and that doesn't come overnight that is something that is built mm-hmm. and you know People need to show a, a, a generosity of spirit, emotional courage, and vulnerability to get there. Absolutely. And one of the terms that you use that I use a lot when I'm coaching is energy management. So how does the chief heart officer make sure she keeps her gas tank full and not, uh, not get below that quarter mark? What is, your, what is your baseline? And when do you know that you need to reel it back to honor your energy management? Yeah, for me, uh, the, I'll, I'll answer the second part of the question. When I start to feel like crunchy in my body. So when I, when I start to feel, um, you, know, a, you know, neck pain, anything like that, you know what, that means I'm, I know I'm carrying too much on my in my somatic system, I'm carrying too much on my back, quite frankly, literally speaking. Um, but my baseline is, you know, I get up in the morning excited to do what I do because I've been doing this forever. I've been doing it at Vayner for, for five years, but I've been doing this work and caring about people and, and, and really holding space and wanting to turn people into champions for as long as I can remember, for as long as I can remember, really. So my baseline is always going to be like, cool, who's going to show up on screen today? Mm -hmm. I can't wait to meet that person. I can't wait to have that conversation. I can't wait to, you know, give recognition to to that person and let that person know that they matter. And I feel that in such a big way in every cell in my body. That's all I want to do is when someone pops up on screen or when we're in the office, it's how can I how can I be there? How can I help? How can I provide you value? And how can I provide you with, with something practical and tangible to do? Well, and it's, it's that forward thinking, but it's all of the heart-centered leadership qualities that you have in your toolkit and always having them accessible. And like you said, when you feel crunchy, you know, the toolkit needs a little rejuvenation and I'd like to shift gears for a moment because I know a lot of listeners are going to value my next question. Not being in the office, not everybody's back to the office, depending on where they're residing in the world. What have you noticed, if anything, in terms of macro and micro? Because I know that you and Gary like to also use that languaging. We're not able to see the behavior patterns. And again, I know you love collecting and watching the emotion as data, what have you noticed with working remote that has changed that has been maybe a greater challenge for you? Or what have you inherited as knowledge on the micro noticing patterns from us all being zombies now? Yeah, 
Phenomenal, phenomenal question and timely question for sure. So, you know, on the macro and the micro, quite frankly, as we're looking at each other's homes and Zoom and we're being invited voluntarily or involuntarily, by the way, into someone else's space, there's an enormous amount of vulnerability that we need to remember that person is showing us, you know, in terms of, you know, letting us into their space and uh, an enormous amount of awareness we as the people on the other side of the screen, especially those in leadership positions, need to carry with us and walk humbly and walk lightly into their space. I think that's one of the big ones. The other thing is the act and art of listening has changed because I can only see you from shoulder up or I can only see you from you know chest up. And I have no idea if this is a nervous conversation, if you're you know touching your fingers or twiddling something or you know touching or tapping your feet all the time. So I have to, and all of us need to listen that much more with our ears, but our other senses, obviously our eyes and really just do our best to pick up on body language and things that we can see. So that is both on the micro, that's a thousand percent on the, on the micro and the macro and, and really trying to figure out what someone is saying without saying, you know, and when we're all on this zoom screen, you know, we all take up the same amount of space, which is something I do, I do really appreciate. I think it has equalized the playing field. However, it, it is easier for that introvert to actually be introverted because mm -hmm. no, you're not sitting in the room with them, kind of looking at them like, Karen, what are you going to say now? So you have to figure out a way to, with grace, invite that person into the conversation because what they're there and they have something valuable, I'm sure to say. So those are the things that I think about, you know, in this, in this world of virtual or hybrid or, you know, Zoom. The other thing is as we move into the office, as some of us move into the office and some don't, this idea of uh, you know, how to ensure that, that we're on top of any kind of politics that could happen. So like either we're all gonna be in the room together or we're all gonna be on Zoom together. And we're gonna try that. And that's something in the macro, which is leaving no one out. You know, We know what happens once the phone call ends and two of you are in a, the office and two of you are in a, you know, someplace else. Like there's, there's so much work that happens that's almost like after the call. So we want to make sure that we can bring people together so that the beginning, middle and after the call are all, we're all in a, you know, in, in collaboration with each other in concert with, with, with each other. So there's so much energy work that happens. There's so much energy work that that needs to happen. And that's not necessarily something you can teach in a one and done. You need to, you need to spend time with people mm -hmm. to help cultivate what it is like to pick up on energy, what it is like to feed the machine more energy so that it then can you know, spit out goodness and the right frequency and touch everyone. Everything I do has to be able to be scaled. Even the conversation I had earlier this morning about the, with, when I, uh, with the person that was feeling insecure, that was a micro conversation. But the way I handled that conversation needs to be scaled by many more people other than me. Mm -hmm. you know? And so there's a lot of training and development and encouragement uh, that goes into this type of leadership, the type of leadership that we both are. Absolutely. It's heart-centered leadership. You know, when I, when I was going to start the podcast, I had people saying friends and colleagues, well, there's already like a couple million podcasts. 
And I said, not by me. Yeah, right. Yeah. Stepping into that greatness. You made a really great point that I just want to pull out and highlight using all of our senses, whether we're face to face, you said it on zoom or in a room. I love that. I had a CEO two weeks ago on a coaching call, really struggling. And I said, I want you to switch the next call to the to the telephone. And when all of your team talks, I want you to close your eyes. And he said to me, I thought that was so ridiculous. And he said, I got it. And I said, what did you get? I heard the emotion. Wow. I didn't see the fidgeting like you talked about those nonverbal cues, right? 75% of our expressive language. And it's been so fun. So switch up the modality, whether it's Zoom, room, telephone, but hone into all those senses. We have them for a reason. And, you know, when we align the head, the heart and and the gut together, it is limitless. That's that speed and go time that Gary talks about. When you have an idea, do it. Fail forward. I'm a big proponent. Let's fail forward together because the people giving you advice don't even own a business. So that always gives me, I always have a fun conversation about weight loss and people are like, what do you mean weight loss? And I said, losing the weight of other people's opinions, best weight loss ever. That's so true. Gary talks a lot about that. A lot, a lot about that because that just holds us back. You know, it just holds us back from our own greatness to be able to like, you know, fall into who we know we can be, you know, to, we want to, we want to be, we want to feel fulfilled in this life. Mm -hmm. And I think we want to be fulfilled in this life, not the day we take our last breath, but throughout the days, as I said, when you put your head down on the pillow at night, like, do you know that you did it? Do you know Mm -hmm. that you put it all on the field? Do you know that you actually left your heart print in beautiful ways on other people? Could you make other people feel good, seen, recognized, valued? Cool. Then shut your eyes and go to bed. And that's, and that's priceless. Yeah. That, that to me is what I coin as life by design. Beautiful. That's success because you can't put a price on that. I agree. Especially now when we're navigating these crazy times. Yep. I'm going to switch to my fab four. And these are just four fun questions because we, we love to tap into that brilliant mind of yours. Tell us something that we don't know about you. Okay, let's see. Uh, do you not know that? Well, there's a bunch of things that you don't know. I love wakeboarding. I love driving fast. I need nature. I absolutely need nature. I'm an incredibly passionate person as a Taurus, as you can relate. Uh, I work I work with my senses. I work best when my senses are activated. Um, I need uh, I need music. I need loud music. I will listen to the same song 15 times in a row. <laughs> um, those types of things. And uh, you know, I think my day is spent in a very extroverted way. Mm-hmm. And I'm quite ambiverted. When I'm not at work, I'm actually much quieter. I mean, I'm you know I'm singing and I you know do all this stuff at home, but like I I go internal, and I, I you know I, I go behind my eyes, and that's where I actually fill up my cup. 
I love that. And is there a, is there a love for tennis? There's a few rackets behind your head there. Yeah, those are old uh, antique rackets. I um, I like to keep. They keep me warm for whatever reason. But yes, I I started playing tennis at a really young age, and uh, and then let it go, and then I picked it up and in these last kind of well I know you just had a birthday and mine's coming so uh we are fellow bookend Tauruses so there you go and Tauruses are leaders and heart-centered leaders at that yeah yeah persistent Persistent. and I'm I'm like you I love to drive fast Mm -hmm. and I love loud music I love it on repeat the biggest thing I've learned from interviewing 100 leaders last year thought leaders heart-centered leaders lead as an extrovert and then they go home plug in and recharge because we're all introverts interesting yeah was that was one of my big uh takeaways from from interviewing so many amazing people around the globe which i found fascinating that is super fascinating and i'm glad to know i'm in great company okay finish this sentence for me this is i i I cannot wait to hear this heart-centered leadership is love, generosity, courage, and necessary. Oh, I love that. Share with us a book you've just read or a book you're reading right now and why. I just started Wolfpack by uh, Abby Wambach. Um, Why? Because I think she's got a lot to say on leadership and team building. and, um, And as an athlete or former athlete myself, I think I could relate in a big way. Well, you will enjoy it. Uh, when she was interviewed by Brene, I, I went and got the audiobook after her interview with Brene Brown and buckle up because you're going to love it. Okay, great. Yeah. Great, great. Oh, I'm excited. She, uh, she does have a lot to say and, and she's got an eloquent way of saying it. So it'll be fun to, to hear what you think about it. Okay, my last question is, what do you want our listeners to really take away and remember about Claude Silver today on the podcast? <laughs> oh gosh, that I'm very bashful about a question like that. Um, <laughs> uh, what I really want and what I would like listeners to know is that my, my dream is to have my message of emotional optimism and the transformation of this world around, you know, bringing more tenderness to this world. I want this to be known by all humans and activated. If that makes any sense, I I really want, it's not only having the message known, that's great, but how can we become better humans by embracing our emotions, thanking them very much, and opening the new, the door to a new possibility, to a new day for us, for our children, for our teammates, for everyone. Well, and I love that. And, and the lateral thought for me is if you've been given the talent to lead, please lead. There's no point in instilling wisdom or knowledge if it's going to sit on your shelf and, and never be utilized. So that's powerful. That's amazing. Yeah. And and that's exactly what I say. Like, if you've been invited to this meeting, you're there for a reason, not to take notes. Mm -hmm. You have to say something, to add something. 
Well, I like Gary's languaging of wanting to change CEO. And I, I remember him saying that and I own my own company and I, I thought, yeah, I'm the CEO logistically, legally on paper for the corporation. So my version of CEO is chief encouragement officer. But I, like you, I, I, I'm going to lock arms with you in this heart-centered leadership world. And I want us to have more chief vision officers, because if we don't have vision, we don't have anything. You got that right, because people follow visionaries people follow leaders that have vision people people follow vision and we need to inspire people to find their own vision absolutely well i am my gratitude cup runneth over i i share the belief you have in people and i want to regurgitate back to you that you light me up i am a fellow servant leader and was told 30 years ago that being kind and gregarious and shiny and smiley by four female bosses in a row who taught me a lot, that wasn't leadership. And I learned about tall poppy syndrome last year out of Australia. And all of that has just made me a better leader. So for those of you listening, and I I know Claude's going to jump on the bandwagon with me here. We learn from the valley. I always say growth comes from the valley. So when you're failing forward or someone says you're this or, and I know Gary talks about that for people that are not nice on social media, that has nothing to do with us. That's their own internal work that they have yet to discover. And it's powerful. But when you stand in your own greatness and lead with heart, I just think there's just a yellow brick road just awaiting your, your, uh, your on-ramp, if you will, to join it. So I'm just, I'm, I'm humbled that you took the time today because I know you have a busy schedule, but I know there's white within your schedule because you're heart centered and I'm glad that you connect with nature and just know, cause I can tell you now that you have been a huge mentor for me and you make me a better heart centered leader, Claude. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm incredibly touched. I am. Thank you. And, and thank you to your, your listeners. And it's just an exciting way to start season two. So thank you for joining us and, and just keep leading and uh, know you got a big fan here in Canada. I love it. Thank you so much, Deb. Be well. Thanks, Claude. You've been listening to the Heart Centered Leadership Podcast. I'm Deb Crow. If you like what you heard today, please rate and review the show. And I'd love it if you'd visit my website at debcrow.com, where you can sign up for my newsletter and get access to the Heart-Centered Leadership Toolkit, all free of charge. Thanks for your time, and we'll see you again.